why I have your attention, please. The show starts in ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Electricity here in Columbia. Well, has been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Louis Bryce Stadium is second to none. And the raid breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! You believe the Cops have won this game. Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert, Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm telling you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. Greetings and good morning. Morning. J.C. Sherbert, Phil Mullinax here with you. <clears throat> this is Inside the Game Gamecocks, the show. Jamie Bradford is off today. So uh, just thinking about that line in Anchorman, Tits McGee is off tonight. Tits McGee is off tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we've said worse. I'm quoting a movie. Anyway, yeah. Phil and I are here with you. Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up show will be with us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, for his weekly segment, we probably will check in with Bradford on the links uh, for a little bit. He's got a celebrity playing with him today, so uh, that'll be a lot of fun. i uh, got a lot to talk about today here on the show. Appreciate you joining us. As always, the Man of Sports chat box is wide open. Uh, we are sponsored and built by the Barndo Company. Uh, get your bar information about a Barndo Minium. I know that uh, talking to Nat, you know, she's kind of hinting around about buying some property down back Southland ways. And uh, uh, the barn dominiums look pretty solid. I mean, I, yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of getting, I mean, if you have some land, you know, I wouldn't put it in a neighborhood like those neighborhoods where you're right beside the other house. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think imagine? it would fit well in mine. Yeah, no. That doesn't yeah, match the aesthetic. The homeowners association. <laughs> but, hey, hey I, uh, I don't care. I probably would, but um, it's uh, they're nice, and we certainly appreciate them. These are the Signorama Studios for all your sign needs. Go check them out in Columbia. It doesn't matter if you're in Columbia or not. You can get things done with them. They're big uh, sponsors of the show as well. We appreciate everybody uh, that sponsors us. Certainly, I uh, want to get to that here at the top. Sorry, I missed yesterday. Uh, best way I can describe as to why I missed is that sometimes I have to unplug. And yesterday was one of those days. Uh, I won't get into why, but I needed to unplug yesterday from uh, Gamecock land for a little bit. But uh, back now, full strong, uh, uh, certainly strong, uh, and certainly looking forward to uh, this today. So for those that missed it last night, Gigi Jackson, when in the second round of the draft, there's a lot of strong opinions out there about that. 
Uh, going to get Chris's take on it because Chris had some opinions about it later today. Uh, it said, uh, you know, you, you can't really fault Lamont Paris for GG not getting drafted in the first round. At the same time, it makes a difficult recruiting job even harder in men's yeah. basketball. Um, so that's uh, that's the deal there with that. And, you know, I, here's, I don't really have an opinion on it. I'm more of a let's just move forward type of guy. Uh, I think that with Gigi specifically, you know, um, there's just some growing up that he needed to do. And I think the NBA folks recognize that as well. Uh, he did not have the best workouts prior to the draft. Uh, had some things go, you know, sideways on him. Uh, I, I do not think that knowing what I know about Gigi Jackson, he is a problem child or a problem kid. I do think he's a kid still. And I think people need to realize that. I think there's certain people out there where you go, uh, this guy's never going to get it. I think Gigi will get it. I just think he's awfully young. And um, unlike maybe a Kobe Bryant or Kevin Garnett, because you have to keep in mind, he's the same age those guys were going to the NBA because he left high school early. Uh, or Jermaine O'Neal, pick your guy that went straight to the league that had uh, a presence and a maturity about them. Gigi does not have that yet. He's going to have to develop it, but pick number 45 overall by the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, if I'm missing someone, I apologize, but the state of South Carolina, I think, had three guys drafted yesterday, Phil, because Noah Clowney uh, from Dorman yeah. from Alabama was drafted in the first round, and uh, Julian Phillips and his massive scoring output at Tennessee this past year. Uh, don't even, I don't think he played a whole lot. Um uh, he got drafted. So uh, he, he's a guy that I don't think – I think he made a poor choice as far as where to go. I'm not blaming Rick Barnes for it. You know when you sign up to play for Rick Barnes in Tennessee what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to defend. I mean, you can't – you're not – there's no – like even a, a – you know, as good as Josiah James is, you know, another guy from South Carolina that's still playing at Tennessee, you know, he had, he has to, he had to learn to get in there. You know, he, he's he's kind of a big, tall scorer or whatever. Uh, but that just kind of goes to show you, uh, you know, state of South Carolina does put out basketball talent. And if anybody can ever figure out how to corral it, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, I don't know who they would have hired that would have corralled it because <laughs> there's a lot to it, uh, a lot of moving pieces in that sport. You know, you could probably have a uh, have a pretty good squad year in and year out. Um but uh, I'll also say this, the, the team that went to the final four did have three key players Four, if you count Rakeem Felder, even though technically uh, he's from Indian land, but he went to New York to play his high school ball uh, from the state. They were playing key minutes. They only had two starters. They went South Carolina Thornwell, South Carolina Dozier, and then O Canada a with Dwayne notice uh, <laughs> Estonia with Mike Kozar yeah, and the state of New Jersey via Ghana for in Africa for Chris Silva. So, there were a lot of – there's an international flavor on that basketball team uh, as well, whereas, you know, the Fogler era, you know, those teams obviously were vast majority of South Carolina kids. And, you know, you bring those up because those are the most successful periods this program's had since leaving the ACC. And of course, Frank McGuire, in a different era of basketball, did it primarily by recruiting kids from New York City. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't I don't know that it's the end-all, be-all – to corral the state, but I think like in other sports, you know, 
that's kind of the key, you know, is there the keep the homegrown talent at home. It's an Carolina is an easier sell uh, to homegrown kids in all sports, but men's basketball, it seems. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's not always been that way. I mean, football players used to leave here just like it's going out of style. I mean, Tennessee, Florida State, Georgia, get, get me out of here. Get me out of here, Percy. Y'all remember Leonard's Losers? Get me out of here, yeah. Leonard Post Hostess. That used to get me fired up, Phil, because I'd be going to cover a high school football game or something early in my career, you know, and I knew game, get college get football was the next day, and there's a cool breeze blowing in. I'm riding around, and all of a sudden you're listening to sports talk radio or whatever before a high school game comes on, and, and Leonard's Losers, Losers comes, comes on. You hear the banjo. That's right. I always love that. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know what happened to Leonard's losers. But anyway, I, uh, you know, in-state talent's always going to be important in, in any sport in South Carolina. And I think that when you look at the NBA and, and the talent that has gone there from the state, you know, it kind of gets proven. I mean, there's been some great basketball players come through here. Yeah, um, and that's a winning just, recipe for all sports, JC. Just, yeah, you know, yeah. You I mean, even from, you got to build from the center out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I, I think in baseball, the exciting thing is with Monty Lee and Matt Williams now on staff, you got two guys that know the state like the back of their hand. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's been guys in that sport apparently leaving. It's a little bit more, a uh, little bit more uh, difficult to trace in state and out of state baseball recruiting, and you know, with the way the scholarships are in that sport, it's a little different. But anyway. Hats off to Gigi Jackson. You know, do I wish just from his standpoint and his family standpoint, maybe they would have, some team would have taken a flyer on him in the first round? Yeah, I do. Um, but you could kind of see it wasn't going to happen. Uh, and, and not just what happened at South Carolina, guys. I mean, he didn't have any very good workouts. I mean, we showed a workout for NBA scouts winded. According to the reports, that's that's not my opinion. Uh, that's going to happen, but uh, you, you know what I'm saying. I mean, sometimes you, we, we are all we've all been young. There's not a damn one of us that hadn't been right. And I've known Phil for 20 years, almost th- dang near probably 30. Right, yeah, I'm going there. on 30. Mm-hmm. If you met me and Phil back then, as opposed <laughs> to now. And yeah. we're not the most mature individuals now, okay? Yeah, that's true. Back yeah, but it was worse then. <laughs> you wouldn't have hired us to, to to spray your car off with a hose to, to, to wash your wind. I mean, we, you know, nothing. You know, nobody, nobody's hiring us. So, anyway, I, I just hope uh, Quantrell in the chat box mentions Memphis develops their picks. Yeah, hopefully so. The Grizzlies are a good organization. I know people are like, oh, great, he's going to go play with John Morant. What a great influence. Well, John Morant suspended for a while, so I don't think only John's going to be around. But yeah, another South Carolina guy. Um, so that's that uh, with that, uh, you know. And, and, and like I said, it's it's it's. What's he? The first guy that got drafted since Thornwell? Did Dozier? Yeah. Did Dozier no. go in the second round, or he didn't get drafted? Right. No, I don't think he got drafted. Yeah. Yeah, he was undrafted, and Dozier's gotten a cup of coffee up at that level. He should have come back. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was any question Gigi was not coming back regardless. And if he had gotten in the portal, I, I, I mean, I, if he had come back to college, I, don't, I doubt he's coming back to Carolina. I, I just uh, I would have been very surprised uh, about that. So um, anyway, so that's it. So the submarine of stupidity, and I'm, I, 
hearts, thoughts, and prayers to the fam- the families of the people that lost their lives in the submarine. Uh, got that news yesterday while I was unplugging. I just, hey, they went pretty quick. I mean, they said they said that the amount of time it takes for something to implode like that, Phil, it is less than the amount of time that your brain senses pain. Yeah, can can actually comprehend what's going on. Yeah, so yeah, and, and they it's said it's gonna be quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. when it happens, the uh, the they said the temperature, the air inside the submarine becomes the like as hot as the surface of the sun. Yeah. So they disintegrated pretty quickly. I mean, uh, anyway, in reading about this genius and his company, and and I know I kind of went on a little woke tangent the other day. I'm not I'm not even going to mention that part of it because I, I don't know. It seemed like this guy cut a lot of a lot of corners. Um, when James Cameron kind of uh, calls you out and James <laughs> has been to the Titanic many, many times, uh, you know, when all that good stuff, um, I, uh, you know, I, I just have a lot of questions about that. And I think in today's society, uh, there's a lot of corners that do get cut. Uh, and I think that gets to be dangerous because I think that, Certainly people, certainly people, uh, you know, these days don't pay attention to details. Uh, you know, uh, they uh, ended up, end up, you know, looking at, staring at their phone. Uh, like I've said before, a lot of times a journal, a quote unquote, what's called journalism nowadays, it's about pushing a narrative rather than reporting facts. Mm-hmm. And you conveniently leave out. So, so if you've got that if, as a society, if we have that, if we continue to have that kind of mindset, bad things are going to continue to happen. And uh, I don't know. I I know this is an unregulated business, but somebody should have said something. You know what it reminded me of, Phil? Hmm. Grizzly man. Grizzly man. You remember grizzly man? (laughs) No, I do not remember grizzly man. (laughs) No, dude. You didn't see that movie? Grizzly man. So, uh, yeah, Brian's a former submariner and says there's no way you could have gotten me into that piece of junk. You, you know, know. <laughs> I mean, I'm shocked it made it. That was the third time it made it down. I mean, I, you know, I'm like, maybe you need to build a new one. Anyway, uh, every single time. And you're no, bolting in there. I'm claustrophobic. He's a bear okay. enthusiast. Yeah. Okay. This dude, okay. So, Grizzly Man. And uh, what was his real name, Phil? Grizzly Man. Oh, uh, let's see. Timothy Treadwell. Timothy Treadwell, right? This lunatic. Treadwell, yeah. This lunatic from California and called himself an environmentalist. And he, uh, so he goes and goes up to Alaska and starts filming this footage and, 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 and all this stuff and lives amongst the grizzlies. And he's very careless. The park rangers were like, man, you're going to get eaten. You're going to get eaten. You're going to get eaten. Hmm. No, I don't agree. I'm, the bears love me and we're family. And, you know, it's like that movie, Brother Bear or Tarzan, whatever you want to call it, whatever, whatever fantasy this fruit loop was, was living in. Yeah, right? He's out there looking for the anthropomorphic, you know, Disney versions of these animals. Yeah, when and, they're, and, yeah. Stone cold and you killers. just kind of got a bad, so he, so he gets a girlfriend, right? And he brings her up to there and he stays, you know, there's one way in and out and it's by plane and they drops off supplies and all that good stuff. And then, um, you know, one night the bear ate both of them alive. Now, 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 Ron White tells a joke about that. He's like, I was watching it. And he's like, and the bear ate him. He's like, I laughed till I puked. That's rich. And he says something about 
you know, I wonder if his dad, like my dad, this is Ron White speaking, uh, said he would never amount to, to poop. And he goes, you're wrong, daddy. Tomorrow morning when this bear passes me out of my, his bowels, I will be a steaming pile of bear poop. Look at me now, Papa. That's a great Ron, Ron White joke. But anyway, uh, so, so th- this dude, Stockton, whatever the hell his name is, reminded me of Grizzly Man. Just like this real fruit, you know, fruit loopy, unqualified, wish upon a star, uh, the sea will save me kind of, you know, it was more, again, it was more about a narrative, his stupid narrative about we're going to open the seas to all and, and all this. Well, dude, <laughs> there's a reason only 20% the, of it's been mapped. I mean, you know, you're the value, your grizzly man at best value jet at worst, <laughs> you know, something bad is going to happen. I mean, there, and there's a litany of like people, all the people that say anything good about him just talk about him like he's freaking Jacques Cousteau, right? Yeah. He's Jacques Cousteau. Oh, he's Jacques Cousteau. You know, they don't say they have any facts. They can't explain why they were using the PlayStation remote. They can't explain why some people that knew what the hell they were talking about, like, absolutely refused to get in. They can't explain any of that. Oh, he was just a visionary. A visionary for what? <laughs> for, for death by disintegration? Yeah, for, yeah that's it. I mean, when James Cameron calls you out about going to the Titanic, I mean, James is an expert, right? If James Cameron, you know, if I want to go to Avatar and James Cameron, and I'm I'm making Avatar suit and I'm going to that Pandora, the planet, and I'm unsafe, James calls me out, I'm going to listen, right? (laughs) If if, if I'm going back in time to stop the machines from starting a nuclear war as a Terminator and I'm doing it unsafely, I'm listening to James Cameron if he calls me out, right? <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. So anyway, you know, this guy's a moron. And, and, and you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, well, he was. You know, and I am very sympathetic. I'm, I'm really not. I mean, I feel terrible, terrible for the families. I mean, that's who I feel the worst for. And then, and then the kid, the kid, the guy's son who just, like, did not want to go, but he did it for his dad. I feel awful for them. But at the same time, man, like, look, this is something that should be a warning to everyone out there. Don't, I don't care how rich you are and how great it sounds. Safety needs to come first, right? So, and and like I said, everybody that knows him won't talk about that. Even his former partner that left the company in two, 10 years ago, Smart, smart, smart move. There. Yeah, good, good time uh, to get out. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> talked about what a visionary he was, but everybody else that has any knowledge, like actual knowledge of this submarine, of stu- the submarine, call it the submarine of stupidity. We're like, oh, yeah, we're not surprised. <laughs> we're surprised it lasted this long, Peter. You know, what was funny it's, was that uh, he's doing with, I think it was the Smithsonian Channel or Nat Geo, one of the two. And, and he's in there like describing the sub like a, you know, 18 year old who's tricked out his R- Ford Ranger. He's like, yeah, man, we got these lighted handles from like Bed Bath and Beyond and <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he shows the controller. I'm like, oh, this is I mean, not sure. Not the United States Navy submarine. <laughs> Our nuclear submarines can't go, but like a tenth of the way down. But I'm going to take this bad boy from freaking Bed Bath and Beyond, and, and then they, they made that like carbon fiber or something. It was like, yeah, it was and then yeah, they had, they had a couple of people. 
CNN was like, uh, yeah, that material's not good for that deep of a dive. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I just I just wanted to mention that since I mentioned it the other day. And Titanic two rich people zero and <laughs> dang. That's what James Cameron said. He's like, it was, you know, a a bunch of rich people who were careless in both instances. (laughs) God, that's great. You could write a horror movie about it similar to Event Horizon, like if they went down there and found the portal to hell or something, and there's all these Titanic ghosts that come out. That's right. (laughs) The Event Horizon. That's a scary ass, scary movie, by the way. Mm. That, that, uh, That scared me worse than Alien. Yeah, anyway, as far as your space horror movies go, I was like, oh. uh-huh. yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> I just, uh, man, just uh, unbelievable. Uh, so that's the submarine of stupidity. Let's, uh, we don't really need to take a break right now. No, we could be, we get a couple right, minutes. A couple minutes. Sorry. Matthew Fuller, three-star running back. Uh, Kara Luca in the chat box says, that's a hell of a way to find out the Kraken is real. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Found everything out you wanted down there, I hope. Chomp. What if you didn't make it? What if they were like 1,600 feet away and had yet to see it? Like they were just coming up on it and then but it's like didn't psych. even get to see it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they got to see it, Phil, because they still had 15 minutes. A two-hour – see, that would, be a, that would be a strong no for me. You mean we we sink for two hours? Yeah, that's, that's like you can't get there fast. <laughs> that's Columbia to Charleston when there's traffic. Okay, yeah, right. I'm like, and I'm going to be in this little bubble. So some dude was talking about. It's like, oh, I went to sleep on the way down. <laughs> I don't know. Man. I know. I, I mean. <laughs> I, you know, oh, really? I mean, I, I, there's no way. Hey, Carol Lucas says, hey, y'all, is that a crack in the windshield? A crack in the windshield. <laughs> Jeez. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, uh, one of the experts, it made total sense. He's like, look, if you're trying to crush a Coke can and you do it twice, don't you think on the third time it's going to be a little bit weaker? You know? Right. <laughs> I'm surprised they made it to round three. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I can open hey, this. Imagine. Is like it's like a back in the day Tyson fight where the dude made it to round three and you're like victory. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, that's a win. That's a win before you get your ass laid out on the floor. <laughs> Jan's like it's a piece of sh- it's a piece of shit, Eddie. That's not a submarine. It's a piece of shit. That's not a submarine. <laughs> That's not a coffee table. It's a piece of shit. It's my drink on it. It's like lovely. That's not lovely. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh my god, James! Like, how about the fact the government knew Sunday and let the country follow it for four more days? Yeah, <laughs> conspiracy theory. But you do have to wonder why the Navy was like, "Oh, it was unconfirmed." Really? But we heard those sounds. <laughs> Some some of our listeners were in the Navy. Just uh, maybe there's a protocol or something. But uh, Brian's like, there's a reason U.S. nuclear submarines don't have windows, right? Well, right. that was the thing about this thing is that there was only one window in it, 
right? And it looked and like you everything else see was it. cameras. Yeah, it yeah. Was a tiny little window because it's probably got to be a foot thick. <laughs> Get me out of that thing, man! Right, I know. <laughs> Get me out of that thing. I was like, just unbelievable. So <coughs> anyway, so uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> The stepson going to a Blink-182 concert and posted out on social media. What a world we live in. Everything's got to be posted online. Yeah, Blink-182. Monitoring underwater sonar sounds isn't new. The Navy's been doing this since the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Okay, Matthew Fuller, three-star running back from Georgia, plays for, I think it's Ware County. No, it's not Ware County. Wayne County. Uh like him, uh, and I'll, I'll give you two perspectives on him. He's supposed to announce his commitment at one o'clock today, right after we get off on Twitter. Uh, place for Jay Bo Shaw at South Carolina or Georgia Tech. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this I like the kid a lot. Uh, my comparison to him with him would be Rico Dowdle. Um, he runs 10 7 9, 10 700 meter, so he's got breakaway speed. Rico did too when healthy. Uh, <laughs> keep him out. Everything you say about Rico Dowdle, you got to say when healthy. Uh, so that's who he kind of reminds me of. Uh, I talked to a contact within the program that mentioned Kevin Harris. So it's a Kevin Harris, but with better breakaway speed. If you remember, Kevin Harris had good breakaway speed. So this guy's supposed to be even faster. So, you know, let's just play the game that you know, this kid works out. He's really good. Then Braswell works out. With, he's a home run hitter. He's really good. Carolina have two home run hitters at uh, running back. So we'll see. Uh, but uh, I do have a crystal ball in for South Carolina with him. Uh, I will say this as far as – so we're waiting on two welcome homes. Um, yeah. He, he's yeah, not one the, of them. He's not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Uh, so we'll see kind of what happens. Craig says, I'll have a sub for lunch in honor of them. Too soon? Too soon. <laughs> uh, so he, he's got that right, right there. We got a um, a PFF. And, and guys, I'm not a big PFF guy. I don't think they hung the moon. I think they try to do too much, you know, all this other stuff. Uh, but they do have a Gamecock corner rated as a top 10 highest graded returner in the SEC. That would be O'Donnell Fortune. Uh, so we can talk about that. Uh, everybody's talking about Daniel Hill and, and Hale's crystal ball. Um, let me just tell you, sometimes information changes by the hour. Uh, Tony and I, Tony Morrell and I both kept the crystal ball on Daniel Hill. Wouldn't be surprised if uh, Hale switches it back. But I'll say this, when Alabama's involved, especially for a kid that close, Never say never. Uh, and Hardesty, you know, so everybody's like about Hardesty, right? Talk about Hardesty, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll say Hardesty's involved with this guy, obviously, because he's the position coach. But Jody Wright, uh, get him or not get him, that's the recruiter of record for him. Because Jody recruits Mississippi, does a fantastic job. Uh, with uh, Fuller, it would be Hardesty. So uh, just in case you're looking for somebody to blame or praise, there you go. That's the official channel to blame or praise. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're going to take a break. I'm going to go, uh, you know, uh, repair in honor of the, the submarine of stupidity. Uh, we got a gas leak on the stove. I've got the gas on wide open. So I'm going to go cover that up with a pair of scotch tape and, and fire up a cigarette. We'll be back after these messages. <laughs> 
Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock-owned. Gamecock-operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golly, boom. switching over these things, formats and overlays. Too many buttons to click, y'all. <laughs> but first hour of the show brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Cowell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the Upstate. Give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271 for your Upstate residential real estate needs. And joining us now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line is none other than Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. Chris, we appreciate you being flexible with the schedule this week, man. J.C. Phil, I appreciate you guys having me. I was rolling, by the way, as y'all went in the break, and J.C. called it the submarine of stupidity. I I don't know whether the thing – that's a great joke or kind of messed up, but I guess – you know, here's the thing. They chose to go down there. That That's what makes it. I think that's what gives everybody, like, the free pass for the memes. And you're seeing it all over social media. It's like, had they not chose that, 
then it would be insensitive, but it's like they chose to go down there. So Yeah, and, and like the guy that headed this whole thing up is a crazy glue sniffer. I mean, I, I compared him to Grizzly Man earlier. I'm like, <laughs> I, you know, and, and people that knew what they were talking about, when James Cameron, who's been to Titanic 33 times, right, when he's like, dude, don't, don't do it, yeah. you probably shouldn't do it. James is qualified, right? Yeah. Yeah. I also, I also, by the way, want to echo Ed McKinnis in the YouTube chat. He says, pub subs rule. Bro, I I could live off of pub subs. Literally, I could live off of pub subs. So, is that public? Is that short for public subs? Yeah. Public Mm subs. I will tell you this too up here in the upstate. Ingles is really good as well. So just a, a grocery store sub for whatever reason. Fantastic. Also love Jersey Mike's, but I'm a sucker for a good sub, man. I loved Publix, but they don't have them in Illinois. I mean, they have, like, crap. Well, I mean, <laughs> not, not in the restaurants, obviously. Chicago's got some pretty dang good subs. But, man, it, there's no grocery store subs that even come close to Publix. So, mm. so I put that on my list of things to do when I get back to the south here for vacation in a couple of weeks. There's a Publix outside of Gatlinburg that we always hit up. So I'm going to make sure I'll get me a sub or two. Thank you for reminding me of that. Um it's uh, okay, Chris. So, I, first question right off the bat, and this is interesting. I'm gonna give you some praise and then ask you a question about something that you posted. Um, I love your lists that you put out on Instagram, like that are historical, because mm-hmm. we're kind of in list season, so to speak, and everybody's okay. trying to predict the season and the games. And, and I know you do your that. You're always we're always gonna get your shot called from you, no matter what. Like it, love it want some more of it, hate it, whatever, uh, you're going to call your shot. So you know that as a reader of yours, but then you have these really neat historical lists. So you put the top five defensive backs of all time in the program, and number one was Rashad Faison. I thought that was a very interesting choice. Uh, I think everybody that watched Rashad Faison play absolutely loved him. I mean, there there, there weren't many better pound-for-round football players to come through this program, but number one, there's been a lot of great DBs, uh, your thoughts on, on putting Rashad number one on that list because that was that was a pretty bold, interesting, creative pick in my opinion. Yeah, and JC, admittedly, I mean, you could break that list down into top corners, top safeties, what have you, but just for the sake of the content and trying to get all these lists out there, uh, I just put it under one top defensive back, if you will. And admittedly, I'll say this in the list as well. You know, I, I've been fortunate to have so many fantastic guests on the show who have played in so many different eras of football. So. I've leaned on a lot of different people in regards to asking them, you know, those who played with a guy like Rashad Faison. Like, I wouldn't have known this, right? Because my fandom for South Carolina, I, I didn't really pick up on it till end of 02, beginning of 03. So, like, I did not watch Rashad Faison snap by snap, play by play, and can tell you, you know, every single little detail of his playing style, what have you. But from guys who played with Rashad Faison, um, you know, they've told me that he might be the top tackler, the best tackler in school history. You know, just talking about his tenacity as a ball hawk back there. The interception numbers don't stand out, but you look at the tackling numbers all throughout his career, the consistency as well, and helped obviously that defense lead the back-to-back Outback Bowl victories. But I'll tell you guys this. What's so fun about those top five lists, number one, I do love bringing to light just maybe some forgotten Gamecocks or guys you don't necessarily think about all that much in the top five and talking about guys in different eras. But I will say the defensive backs list is a very, very tough one. I mean, think about the guys that weren't included. J.C. Horn, Dante Robinson, Jonathan Joseph, 
I mean, the list goes on and on with defensive backs. And here's the thing, guys. Nobody's right. You know, I, I'm not putting the list out there saying, like, I'm right. If this isn't your top five, you're just wrong. Like, wide receivers. I have Alshon Jeffrey at number one. And there's some recency bias there because I'm sure those, if I had watched Sterling Sharp play in his prime, then I might have Sterling Sharp number one, right? Unfortunately, I didn't get to see that. So uh, the lists are really good fun. Again, guys, we're in the dog days of the offseason, if you will, and Right after July 4th, that's when I'll get into the 2023 season predictions and lock all that in. But it's a fun thing to do this time of year. Like you mentioned, JC, it is list season. So when it comes to top five defensive backs, though, you know, I I talk to guys like John Strickland, the late great Phil Petty and others, former Eric Kimry, former teammates of his. And, uh, you know, when I was making this list, they were like, Chris, I'm telling you, Rashad Faison, all respect to these other guys, Rashad Faison was that dude. So uh, he ended up number one on my list. But again, you can make the case for so many guys because there's been so many great defensive backs at Carolina. We've really been spoiled with those guys over the years. Yeah, and I think uh, and uh, this is on our list to talk about later. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, PFF, which, ah, give or take. Hit or miss. Hit or miss. They're hit they or have miss. O'Don- O'Donnell Fortune's the number seven rated uh, corner in the SEC returning this year. and I, I think O'Donnell, based on what I've been told, is going to have a pretty good year. And then Marcellus Dial – uh, it's just a matter of consistency with him. And a lot of guys, once they get to those final years, they call them contract years because he's dr- definitely going to be draft playing for a draft pick. Right. If he can get consistent, I think he, I think, I think Carolina can have two good ones again this year. And it's kind of funny because all four of those guys, Rush, Smith, Fortune, and Dial are all from the state. So this state does put out good DBs going yep. way back. Um, I thought, uh, the Gigi Jackson take you had was very one of the more sensible ones I've read uh, as far as, um, you know, it, it may come up in recruiting for Lamont Paris and make a tough recruiting job even even tougher. You know, your thoughts on Gigi and his season and, and I mean, the whole Gigi Jackson experience uh, when it comes to, to his one year at South Carolina. Well, JC, let me first start with the tweet that I put out last night when I said this is a brutal look for Lamont Paris and Gamecocks basketball. You know, it's funny, JC and Phil, there are times where I'll have an opinion on something. As you know, right, once you send it out in the Twitterverse, once the masses get a hold of it, I mean, who knows, right? But there are times where I'll speak on things or put out a tweet, a take, whatever, that I know is somewhat divisive that, hey, wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this was sort of split down the middle and the reaction was, you know, what it's going to be. Then there are other times where I feel like I put out a take and I feel like it's just so no-brainer. Like, I don't even feel like it's a hot take. And that's how I felt with the take that I had last night on Twitter, and I expanded on it this morning. I need to make it very clear. I was not saying it's a brutal look for Lamont Paris and Gamecocks basketball from the sense of Lamont Paris is a bad coach. He poorly handled G.G. Jackson, like none of the above. I think actually Lamont did as well as you could have asked for. I praised him and applauded him in season for having the stones to sit a guy like Gigi Jackson, to make a statement, to have a standard, if you will. I think that was a positive. But to your point, JC, how can anyone look at the Gigi Jackson experience and say that it's a positive for recruiting? How can you do that? I mean, I just, again, put it on the kid because it is it does fall on him that, you know, I think obviously attitude issues and some other things came up. Obviously, he's a raw talent, but he's a talent, no doubt, and a guy who was projected – as a first rounder, he falls all the way to the 45th pick in the second round. And I was far from the only one, by the way. Heath Klein, I thought, did a great job on this as well from 
107.5 the game, talking about the G.G. Jackson experience and him falling the second round and the implications of it. But you have a guy that we felt like was a no-doubt first-rounder. He gets taken in the second round instead. And that's a huge deal, obviously, right, in the NBA draft and the NBA, if you will. Um, you know, you look at other top prospects and other in-state guys, and I mean – you know, do they look at that experience and say, damn, well, G.G. Jackson should have went to North Carolina. He probably would have been better off if he didn't go to a South Carolina. I'm not saying that, like, Lamont and Gamecocks basketball is doomed for forever and they can't overcome this because the bottom line is this guy's on the positive. He's the first underclassman drafted in school history, and that happened in year one of your program. So that's a positive. But on the flip side, it's like, again, do you really not think that this is going to be used against Carolina in recruiting? When these bigger schools come to the state of South Carolina and the next G.G. Jackson rolls through, and they've already struggled with in-state recruiting. We know that for a fact. Do you really believe this isn't going to be used against them? So that's the angle I was coming from. I think a lot of people are taking this as like, Lamont Paris did a bad job in the season of developing him. No, I actually think he did a pretty good job of handling him as best he could and reining him in when he went on the Instagram Live tirade and what have you, but... I, I just, again, from the recruiting side, again, to your point, JC, I just, I don't see how it's a net positive for South Carolina. I'm not saying that Lamont Paris is doomed or anything like that because I actually am somewhat optimistic going into year two. But the GG Jackson experience, listen, I wish the kid the best. I think he's got all the talent in the world and, you know, headed to Memphis, which, you know, I, I think, uh, it's going to be really interesting. It'll be fascinating to follow his career and see if he can overcome the doubters and become the star that I think he's capable of being. But, uh, you know, we look back on the G.G. Jackson experience. I'm certainly not going to say it was a negative, but I think it had way more ups and downs than any of us could have ever expected. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I, I mean, and more specifically, I think to the whole recruiting aspect of it is you're in these, you know, parents' homes trying to get these kids to trust and, and you know, build that confidence in a program. And, and that just kind of, you know, it, it, it wears at it. You don't want to you don't want to bring any little chinks into the armor and things like that, you know, into the battle. And now you've got one. I mean, yeah, he made it good. You get to reset the years on the last time a Gamecock was drafted in the NBA. That's good. You know, that's positive. But at the same time, I mean, we saw a 17 year old essentially enroll in school you know, have a birthday midseason and and just didn't have the same level of maturity that I think our minds immediately go to, like JC said earlier, of, you know, like Kobe and guys like that who went straight to the league, who had that maturity built up in them already. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and there, and there and wasn't Phil, social media at that time yeah. either. So, I mean, that's a whole other side of it, too. And I was going to say, Phil, maybe it just stings a little bit in the short term, maybe in the long term, maybe in like just two, three years from now, we're just saying all that matters is Gigi Jackson came to South Carolina and got drafted. And that's it. Like, yeah. we don't have to go into the details. That's that's the selling point, right? You don't have to say where he got drafted or where he fell. But in the short term, it just feels like, did his draft stock improve or not during his experience at South Carolina? It's like, and again, it was self-inflicted. It was because nobody mm -hmm. made him click go live on Instagram. Lamont Paris didn't coach that, right? Like, I'm not putting that on Lamont. But, you know, fairly or unfairly, that's going to be used on the recruiting trail by opposing coaches. I mean, we know that. Negative recruiting oh, yeah. is a huge thing. We know that. Yep. And they'll use I, anything I they can to, to make you look bad. <laughs> right. I think there's a little like, – like, I have a theory called the Kurt Roper offense theory. <laughs> Can't wait to hear um, this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, is, I'm excited. Is, it, is this, this theory going to be this, able to get started before it gets stalled or no? <laughs> this is applicable here, right? You know, 
Uh, during the Kurt, Kurt Roper era, uh, when Jake was the quarterback, the, the second year, not not the I thought the first year when Jake took over, they did a good job. The second year, Jake would throw it over somebody's head. Oh my God, Bentley sucks! Blah 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 blah. Jake would throw a pick. Bentley sucks. Well, there's a reason for that. That year, and then I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at Jake's entire career. I'm just looking at 2017. That offense was so poorly designed and was so like just methodical and slow and awful just from, and look, even at that, it was much better than Marcus Satterfield's offense. But anyway, did every little thing because they did not, they, they did not set themselves up uh, offensively with good drives and stuff. They got a lot of turnovers that year, one nine games, but offensively with drives and stuff to where if they had a chance to score, there was so much pressure to score. So Gigi Jackson, the, the Carolina never gets a guy like this from in-state. So there's so much pressure to do it that, you know, you don't have, okay, well, Gigi didn't work out because of Gigi, but here's three other guys that have. You didn't have, they don't have that because it's the only one South Carolina's gotten. Um, and so I do think there's that uh, sort of big picture microscope on him uh, that will be used, you know, uh, because coaches are e- not evil, but cutthroat when it comes to players, especially basketball. They're like, oh, don't go there. Why are you going there? Um, and it doesn't help that you can point to Noah Clowney, who was one and done at Bama, who was a first-rounder and obviously was not rated cl- even close to as high as G.G. Jackson. So uh, in, in Alabama and schools like that are the schools that South Carolina con- constantly battles for players. You're, you're going to have a Zion Williams go to Duke or a Raymond Felton right. in North Carolina. That's just – you're too – when people talk about being too close to those schools, it's about those elite, elite, best of the best guys. Um, it's your Alabamas and Ole Misses and Georgias and, and LSUs and schools like that that come in that are your peer schools in the SEC that hurt you. So I, I think I think that's another reason that you're absolutely right. Uh, they're going to get beat up a little bit on it. And the answer to that is win more games, produce more NBA players, and then everybody forgets about it. So exactly. that's good. Chris, the transfer portal is open in baseball, obviously. Uh, Kennedy Jones, big commitment this week. Uh, talked to a lot of my baseball guys. They, they think that really, uh, believe it or not, of the, the three portal guys, <clears throat> the, the main, the big three, so to speak, Amick, uh, and, of course, Shelton with the, with the Florida. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty pretty large NIL deal there, too, by the way, from what I heard. Uh, and, and then, you know, of course, Kenny Jones. A lot of people feel like Kenny Jones is the best all-around player mm-hmm. and also with Carolina's power returning probably fits a need uh, in the lineup and in the field, you know, maybe more than the other two guys. Your thoughts on Kennedy Jones uh, from UNC Greensboro coming and uh, signing up for Mark Kingston's team next year? Yeah, J.C. Phil, I think I first started. It's just so fascinating. And, I mean, obviously this is the reality in college athletics. I mean, you're hearing Jay Johnson literally last night in the postgame after they punched their ticket to the national title series. There's not a better place to come transfer to. There's not better NIL opportunities like selling that right there in the postgame. So welcome to college athletics in 2023. But the way that Mark Kingston is going about, and I think this is going to be a trend year after year, uh, off season after off season, going to the portal and picking up key pieces. And like you mentioned, 
Kennedy Jones, the latest, the infielder, outfielder out of UNCG, which UNCG, a really high-quality baseball program, but hit 361, 25 bombs, 117 RBI in two seasons. And, yeah, guys, I, I think it's a great pickup. I mean, you look at what you're losing this year with Braylon Wimmer. Obviously, you got some openings in the outfield as well. And, you know, it's all about getting the best nine sticks, guys. So I like a Will Tippett as much as anybody. There's some other pieces that I like, but you're trying to get the best nine hitters you can. And Kennedy Jones, again, what he did at UNCG. For all these guys, it's all about the transition from, you know, uh, the SC, or from where they are to the SEC, right? That's the big question mark. But if you can play, you can play. If you can ball, you can ball. And I think Kennedy Jones, for certain, I would put him in the starting nine right now. I think he's probably going to be at the top of your lineup. Uh, I've heard the leadoff spot. That could be your leadoff hitter in 2024. Like you mentioned, JC, I mean, the guys that you return, the core pieces, obviously, of Ethan Petrie, Cole Messina. We'll see what Gavin Costas does, obviously. Uh, but some of your, your other big-time guys as well. I think South Carolina is going to put themselves in a great position yet again to you know, have a very similar season, be in consideration for top eight national seed, obviously regional host, and get back to that super regional round and hopefully punch their ticket uh, to Omaha. I think the big question, guys, is, is going from they're doing a great job bringing these hitters in what do the arms look like? Because, again, you look at LSU, you look at Florida, you look at those two teams in the final, and I know Gamecock fans are looking at it saying, we went 4-1 and one against those teams. What in the world? And South Carolina did a great job against those teams in the regular season. But that was just a one-weekend sample size against both. And LSU, by the way, you split 1-1 one and one in the regular season. So who knows what would happen in game three. But those were one-weekend sample sizes. But the reason baseball is so long over the course of a season, guys, what wins? Elite pitching. What do LSU and Florida have? Elite pitching. South Carolina, I think, needs to add a couple more elite arms. Obviously, you add the kid from College of Charleston. I think we're all really high and excited on him. A fantastic player. Said he grew up a Gamecock fan. Really excited that he's in Columbia. But having those guys step up on the bump, that, to me, guys, will be almost the bigger storyline looking way ahead to 2024. But, again, they're doing a great job in the transfer portal. Obviously, if you, if you could get Amit, guys, I mean, for multiple reasons, right, that would be <laughs> a, boost, a boost to your 2024 club and also just a really just a shot at Eric Backage and that Clemson program of what they're building. But uh, like Kennedy Jones a lot, I think he's immediate – you know, he's, a, he's an immediate – contributor I think he's going to be right there at the top of your lineup and you know again we'll see how he adjusts to SEC pitching because listen some guys come in they're like a Will McGillis or Gavin Casas and they flourish and then unfortunately some guys are are like Caleb Denny and it it hits them a little bit harder than they expected I think Kennedy Jones though there's a lot of reasons to look to and point to that he will be a big time contributor at the top of this lineup for Carolina in 2024. Yeah Paul Skeens came from Air Force and the Waldrop (laughs) kid from Florida Southern, Southern Miss. Miss. There you yeah. go. Uh, sun, that, that Sun Belt and Mountain West competition didn't <laughs> didn't go. And, and Dominic right. Nimmin well, here, from Here's Central. the thing, JC. With pitching, it's a little bit different, right? Like Paul Skeens, yeah. if you can throw 100, you can throw 100. Like, I mean, that, 100, 100, right. 100, 100 with that slider will play anywhere. And it's going to play in the big leagues. I think we're going to see that really soon. Yeah, I yeah, mean, he's going I'm eight innings, there. too. I mean, that's yeah. – I mean, he's not going to be – What a game last night. at the next level. He's not, if, yeah. if you love baseball, last night was a – like baseball in its purest sense. Right. That's, that was intense, man. That was what, an old-school pitcher's duel, man. That that that, that yeah. brought you back to, like, old-school Braves games with Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz, yeah. those guys on the bump, right? Yeah, call it world, like an actual World Series game. Yeah. Everybody's bundled yeah. up, man. Woo, shoe buddy. All right, Chris, we'll, we'll let you out on here. Have a great show, and uh, looking forward to talking to you Tuesday. Uh, have a good weekend, uh, keeping up with all the, the visitors and stuff like that. And um, 
looking forward to your next list, man. I, I, like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not lying. I enjoy those because they're very, very interesting and well done. It's refreshing to read something like that instead of, Oh, I'm going to predict every game this season, you know, <laughs> don't worry, JC. That's just, that's just that around the corner. I yeah, promise. You. I, I know. I know it's coming. I'm, from you, I, I could trust you on it. But doing right, it, you right. know, I know if it's the people that do it. But it's just uh, sometimes I, it I feels actually, like the yeah. lists the lists start getting regurgitated to a degree. No offense. Yeah, to you. I, do agree like, eh, I do agree with you. But uh, no, JC Phil, I do appreciate it. And uh, here's to hoping for a couple of big welcome homes this weekend. And I hope JC next Tuesday we've got a lot, a lot of recruiting to talk about. And don't forget, I'm sure y'all already know, Matthew Fuller announcing at 1 o'clock today on Twitter. So we'll see. Yep. Could, get a, could get a big announcement today. So, That's JC, nice Phil, I appreciate y'all. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Yep, y'all. Chris Phillips normally joins us on Thursday. It was nice enough because Pat DeMarco, I heard was a great interview. Uh, Phil yeah, man. Uh, was yesterday. Uh, Craiger asked about Dominic Nimmin, the, the Central Connecticut State guy that shut down Campbell. Uh, he's going to take visits, but – He's going to visit South Carolina, and uh, it did not hurt that they were put in South Carolina's regional, and he got to experience Founders Peak Founders Park, um, yeah. and he's a big lefty, so he would be really good. Also, want to mention Nana Sports. We're in the Nana Sports chat box. Award award winning pimento cheese straight out the bucket. Um, anyway, Chris and uh, Nana's will be at O'Darby's and Taylor's. Your neck oh, of the woods, right up from the two to here. six today at O'Darby's. So. Uh, Stop on by, check out Nana's Port, say hi to Chris. Had a chance to, uh, my fiance and I had a chance when we were in Charleston to, you know, uh, spend some time, happy hour a little bit with uh, Chris and his lovely wife. And uh, they're great people. Even if you don't like pimento cheese, you know, stop by and see it. I love love pimento cheese. Uh, Anyway, we're going to take a break. Then we'll have another break, top of the hour. Or do we want to just hold? Maybe no, just, let's, let's not double up at the top of the hour. It's just, it's four minutes. You know, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, are, are we, we going to have our special guest in and... at 12.01? Or have you heard anything from do we? I, have not, I haven't heard anything. I didn't send him a link. Should I send him a link? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. see. I'll send him a link. I guess he's uh, – and about Pat, I, I'll let Pat and Shane Beamer answer that. Uh, you know uh, – address those types of things. Um, you know, uh, Quantrell, uh, so Joel, realistic Joel makes a good point. The constant injuries of the Mark Kingston team, you know, here's my question about that. I do think they need to look into it and start figuring out why, because injuries kept last season's team from being, uh, a regional team. And they kept this season's team from being a top eight seed. So they have to figure out what's going on there if it is something specific to South Carolina. I'll also say this. There's a lot of injuries in college baseball, more so than there used to be. So I I don't know. Like the Tommy John stuff, that's very, very common. And and that's why you sign as many good pitchers or many pitchers that have a chance as you can sign. The position guys, though, that's not as common. So I, I don't know what exactly went on in college baseball this year. Everybody was dealing with injuries. Um, but if you're South Carolina, I do think given that it's happened two years in a row, you, you probably need to kind of look into, you know, is there something we are doing here uh, that, that's, you know, causing this? Um, and I don't think it's the strength coach because the strength coach has been at Carolina since Tanner. <laughs> and I mean, 
been just fine. So and they were um, successful. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, they had some sluggers. So anyway, that's uh that's my thought on that. So it's um I do think Joel needing to figure that out. I mean, I think that's that's going to be important next year uh, as well. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, realistic Joel also says that they need a top 15 basketball coach uh, because LeBron came from Chattanooga or whatever. Well, I don't know. Nate Oates came from Buffalo. <laughs> He's not having a problem winning at Bama and getting players. Uh, who else? Billy Donovan. He came from Marshall when he took the, the Florida job back in the day. Who else is good around the league? I mean, Buzz Williams would be that type of hire you're talking about. A&M got him from Virginia Tech. Uh, Musselman was at Nevada and in the NBA, the Arkansas coach. Uh, Will Wade, strong-ass <laughs> deal. Uh, was it – Was it? Well, yeah, he was at Virginia Commonwealth. So, I guess that's good. The Mississippi State coaches at New Mexico State. Um Ole Miss did hire Chris Beard, which is great. Uh, <laughs> Vanderbilt's coach is Jerry Stacker. So, I, you know, the key to success in the SEC isn't necessarily uh, a, a major coach hire, but I do – I don't disagree with you completely that South Carolina, you know, when basketball has turned since McGuire, outside of the George Felton era, era – not error era. They've been most successful when they've gone with proven name coaches. Um, hopefully that changes with Lamont. Um, it would be great if it did. Uh, we'll see how this team year's team looks, but um, you know, you look who, who's been successful here besides George Felton since McGuire. Uh, well, not Steve Newton, Eddie Fogler, national coach of the year at Vandy. Um, you could say Dave Odom now that the, the program's tanked since he left with postseason bids. I mean, at least he was like in the NIT most years, yeah, right? You can say that Dave Odom did a good job at Wake uh, and then came here. He was proven. He won. He won 128 games. Uh, and then uh, Kansas State with Frank. Um, I think what they need, mm-hmm. uh, this is, and I'm not saying Lamont, move on from Lamont. They need a guy that, you know, if, if indeed Lamont doesn't win. They need a yeah. Will Wake. Yeah, I think if if something happens and Lamont doesn't work, you're going to have to hire a name. I would think. Yeah, you, you, and I mean, somebody just to that and base it, you know, in the seats. Because <laughs> I don't and, think they're going to stomach another, you know, mid-major guy that nobody's heard of. Yeah. So, Jan, come on, man, you got to have fun. <laughs> don't worry about what everybody else is getting in the portal, buddy. Screw it. <laughs> Go play ball. Line up. Anyway. We'll get ours, but <laughs> so yeah, just get yours. You know. Anyway, we'll be back after these messages. Top of the hour inside the Gamecocks. The show rolls on. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. 
He has a one price, low cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs. And I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. <laughs> Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox. You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by travelingcountryclub.com so if y'all love golf make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options and go cox welcome to travelingcountryclub.com your modern golf club experience hey folks this is michael manis former gamecock golfer inviting you to play more golf with the membership to travelingcountryclub.com with over 40 courses across the carolinas our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience from the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring to you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. 
tee it up with Traveling Country Club, travelingcountryclub.com, travelingcountryclub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cops. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Second hour of a Friday episode coming at you. I've yet to hear from JB, although he did call it. He said it'd be an all-SEC final in the CWS, and we are staring down LSU and Florida. Two teams that we have a combined 500 record against, so uh, you'd feel pretty good with those odds playing either one of those teams heading into this if we were out in Omaha, Unfortunately, I had to play one of them to get there. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's what I was talking about. Like the, the the injuries arguably cost Carolina a better matchup. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'd like Carolina's chances against Southern Miss or Oral Roberts or even as as hot as TCU was. And I don't know, but that's just speculation, right? Speculation, <laughs> speculation. Uh, anyway, uh, breaking news: the Gamecocks have a new track and field coach. They have hired Tim Hall, who was the associate head coach at Kentucky, worked along Lonnie Green, uh, lots of accolades. He's coached lots of Olympians, uh, also has, was an assistant at, Char- at Charlotte for 12, 13 years, Clemson for four, Tennessee for five, multiple Olympians, All-Americans. Looks like a guy that's sort of been an assistant coach for 30 years and now getting to run his own program. Um, comes from Kentucky. Everybody uh, appears pretty fired up about him, including Curtis Fry. Here's Curtis Fry's uh, quote. Coach Hall is a dear friend and special person that's an even better coach. He's the kind of person you want at Carolina. He's from the state of South Carolina. It doesn't say that in his bio, but, okay, he's from the state of South Carolina and has coached and developed many programs and Olympians. I can't imagine a man more prepared to be a head coach in a Power 5 institution Many people deserve to be head coaches, but none more so than Tim Hall. He's a family man, spiritual man, and a great leader. So those that were worried about uh, Curtis Fry retiring, maybe it affected Nick Harbour. looks like the Gamecocks went out and got somebody that's accomplished that's sort of been waiting around and, uh, you know, to get that shot. So we'll see sort of uh, what happens. He's the Southeast Regional Assistant Coach of the Year for five straight years in the last five years. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of accolades with the new, uh, and look, I don't know how they do it in track, you know, uh, <laughs> I, 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 what was the, what's the difference between the head coach and, you know, all that good stuff. So, uh, I'm not sure about that, but, um, Tim Hall, Tim Hall, the new, mm-hmm. uh, head track coach at the university of South Carolina per an official, Release from from the university. Everybody's debating about Kmart and Sears. Seventy six says Sears had and kept a terrible business model. I stopped shopping there because I always sold the same items at a higher price to get percentage to employees instead of savings to customers. Well, their salespeople had to make a living. Seventy six, right? That's the difference between Circuit City and Best Buy. I remember, I had a buddy that worked at both. Best Buy paid you hourly. Circuit City gave you commission. 
one's out of business now though. So <laughs> you're probably right. You're onto something there. 76. You know, I'll tell you something fascinating. Um, I'm with my fiance now, right. You know, but between the married years and, or the, the previously married years. And, and I had two girlfriends, one in Nashville. Or I actually had more than that, but I had, I had two specifically one in Nashville, one in Greenville, both their dads were like lifelong employees of Sears retired oh, wow. from Sears, <laughs> two of them. What, what are the, what, what are, what are the, you know, who to thunk it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's more for your life there, right? Or was. Well, yeah. Sears. Mm-hmm. More for your life, Sears. Um, Nat's dad's a nuclear physicist, though, so. a little bit, a little bit different. Man, is, all of them are great dudes. I mean, they're all great dudes. And then, and you know, frankly, uh, one of the ones that worked at Sears was I. Enjoy, I love talking football with him. You know, um, but uh, yeah, nuclear physicist Sears. Uh, ex-wife's dad worked for Hallmark for years as a, as a rep what else have i had hmm. no cops no doctors ever no cops no doctors <laughs> probably good thing no cops you know although I, I love i love cops you know um sears would still be around if they had not adopted the amazon model yeah i remember um gosh remember transformers oh yeah. i wanted the, i wanted sound wave and buzz all something fierce right and uh, this involves Kmart and Sears, and we never could find it because during that time, it was the mid-80s, Transformers were out. They were sold out. because People were just buying. They're just flying off the shelves, right? They weren't at KK Toys or whatever the hell the toy store was called. No, KB, uh, yeah, at the mall. KB yeah. Toys. <laughs> I don't think Toys R Us had even come yet. Maybe they had, but they were just nowhere to be found, Transformers. So one day, we're bebopping around Kmart, and I see it. There's like three Transformers left, and Soundwave and Bustle is one of them. I'm like, oh, mom, 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 mom. Mom forgot her checkbook. That was back when you could write a check. Yeah. <laughs> At Kmart. So we had to put all of our items back. Uh, we come back the next day. She probably should have brought me directly home, but I think she had to, like, we had something to do. Comes back the next day with the checkbook, right? And uh, it's gone. So we finally, she's like, I'm just going to go. So she ordered it from Sears and we had to wait two weeks for it to come in, mm. but it did. So there you go. There's That's my story that involves. Hide what it is you want, right? Like don't put it back where it came from. You got to go, you know, drop it off over in home goods or whatever, under a couple of fluff pillows. And <laughs> that way you know where it is when you get back. <laughs> We also bought some hamsters at Kmart one day, right? <laughs> and here's the funny part about it. And I may have told this story before, but yeah, Craig's like, put it on layaway. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So we, mm-hmm. we go to, we go to, we go get these two hamsters, right? From Kmart. Well, a pink, a big fat pink one. And then like a brown one. And we put them in the same cage. And, and the girl there was like, nah, they're the, they're the same sex. <laughs> Looking back on it, <laughs> if you're my parents, because next thing you know, the pink one's getting like super, uber, duper fat. Like, and we're like, oh shit. And they had like a litter of babies and then another litter of these little, they're like little Viena sausages when they come out, the little hairless baby hamsters, they're all over. And then 
the, the dads apparently get violent and eat the kids. It's like this freaking horror show. We had to separate them. And, and then they had, I mean, it, we ended up at one, one point in time, we had this whole hamster hotel with like 20 hamsters. And the narrative around my house, you know, talk about people that push narratives. They're, they're my parents. Was that they got lied to by the lady that worked at Kmart. Now, I, I bought that for a while, but looking back, she's not a veterinarian. <laughs> she's not a biologist. No, works at Kmart. She works in the pet department at Kmart. <laughs> and you just assume that's as bad that's as getting true. on that, getting on, trusting that moron with that sub to go <laughs> 40,000 feet down into the, the dang, 12,000 feet down to the ocean. With a Nintendo controller and duct tape and bubble wrap. Listen, that's his, that's that's yeah. In his defense, he did ride twenty thousand leagues under the sea a few times before he assembled <laughs> <you> that. <think? laughs> where he got the inspiration from? That's but, right. Oh man, as I, I'm like, like sometimes you think back to things your parents did and said, and you're like, where was the logic behind it? So I'm like. We have forty-five hamsters. I mean, what do you do with them? Because you can't—they're—they're they're not. You can't just like go take them out in the field. My dad may have done that. I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, and let you them need loose. A they're domesticated. At that point, <laughs> they're domesticated animals. But I mean, it's like Jesus, you know, because they—they—they—they they, they, they procreated so quick, and then the babies grew up. And six months later, you just got hamsters everywhere. It's insane. <laughs> and they blame the lady at Kmart. That dang lady at Kmart told us wrong. It's like, is it, she's not a veterinarian or biologist. What, what are, she works at, works at Kmart. And I told my fiance that story, and she's like, she's like, well, couldn't you just kind of flip them over and tell? No. Can you? <laughs> yes, it's right. Can you? I've never so, been able to, never been asked to sex a hamster. You know? I, mean, <laughs> I just. Uh, <laughs> Craig said he used to eat the ham sandwiches that were on a hamburger bun at Kmart in the Icy's. When I worked at Sammy's Deli in Columbia, right, one of the most disgusting slash at times you maybe get a craving for it thing was called a ham supreme. It was this big glob of mayonnaise, a pile of ham, two slices of cheese on a hamburger bun. He put it in the microwave like 20 seconds. There's your ham supreme. That sounds like the final boss for some, you know, <laughs> like video game. Like video game? In some crazy kitchen world or something. Yeah. Next level. It's like, shut up, mom. I'm about, to eat the, I'm about to beat the ham supreme. I'm about to, be a, to defeat ham right, supreme. <laughs> I bet that's what the dude said on the, on the, in the sub right before it imploded. <laughs> that's right. He's got a pet neck because he played that game. He's got the Titanic's like a pet neck. Ham Supreme, baby. Ham Supreme. <laughs> yeah. White <laughs> noise. I hate it. But you know, uh, one thing we found out through this whole submarine business is there is still one group of people that it's okay just to clown the crap out of. And that's the rich. <laughs> <laughs> I told I, I, I told my wife about that, and the first thing she said after she laughed to herself, she was like, huh, "Eat the rich." <laughs> I'm like, really? 
Ironically, that's an Aerosmith song. Yeah. yeah. One of the most bizarre, random. I mean, like, okay, so if Disturbed had a song called, by the way, Disturbed's from Humber Glen, Illinois, where I live. I've met the lead singer, Kadar guy from Disturbed at the bar. You know, for those that don't know what Disturbed is, it's like Stupefy. Y'all remember that song? And all the people in the left wing rock. And all the people in the other. Dude, I always thought, what if Neil Diamond covered Disturbed? All the people in the left wing rock. Rock. All the people in the underground rock. I find myself stupefied coming back again. You come on, you come on down with the sickness. You go, you going down with sickness. I get stupefied. Rock. I get stupefied. Anyway, like if Disturbed sung Eat the Rich, no problem. But it's random for Aerosmith. And that album's random. They've got it's got crying, crazy, amazing, all these deep songs, but the openers Single eat the rich. Yeah, eat the rich. Yeah. <laughs> so this is kind of nuts. But uh anyway. Uh <laughs> Matthew Fuller announces at the top of the hour, right after we get off on Twitter. Like I said, Quad said, Won't the mother eat the hamsters? I thought it was the dad, but look, man, they may have been told that by the lady at Kmart too. That's right. Who obviously and knew se- absolutely nothing about separated him. the wrong ones and then get them apart. It's <laughs> then all of a sudden. Well, we knew who the female was because she got fat, and and that the one of them may have had just like a hamster baby buffet. <laughs> Jesus, belly up. <laughs> that is demented. Disturbed, she sing a song about that hamster yeah, baby buffet, funny. or nailed down with hamster baby buffet. Hamster baby. I like it's that. a beautiful that's, that's day. Right. Hamster baby buffet. Uh, JC sounds like one of those shock jocks on B93.7. No. It's Quantrell. Don't oh. insult me. I hate that radio station. You know why? Mark and Tom. Oh, those guys. No, no. I know I've met some of those dudes and dudettes that worked there. They were in the same building as ESPN Upstate, but uh and they're good people personally. But I'll tell you why I hate that radio station, and then we'll we'll get back on back to sports, um, or Gamecocks, or or whatever you guys want to talk about. So back in the day, there was a uh, there were two stations when I was early college, like ninety four, ninety five, that you really listened to if you're kind of into rock and roll or or pop, you know, kind of more of the alternative rock and roll kind of things, um, modern rock, you know, not rock one hundred and one, which we all know they played Skinner. All the time, it's classic rock. They still do, and you can get a you can get a, a six pack of Bob Seger. You're like a pack of Bob coming up. Pull rock one one. It's still kicking, by the way. So B ninety three point seven was the sort of bougie pop station. They play some like Nirvana every now and then and stuff. But the other station was one hundred three X. It's the best radio station I've ever listened to in my life. 103X. 103X. Your lame ass is what we, we love. 103. <laughs> they, had, they had nothing but alternative stuff. They had you know local band hour that they would do. I mean, it was an up and comer. It just it was an independent station. 103X. 937 and their parent company at the time. Instead of going, hey, these guys are really good. Maybe we should up our game and not be so superficial and appeal to these. Gen Xers that all of a sudden have a soul, unlike, you know, the other part of them that, that don't. Um, the guys that listen to 93.7 were issued a, a, a Honda CRX and a 
a, a Tommy Hilfiger shirt. <laughs> the rest of us like 103X, you know, <laughs> it, as it went. So, uh, look, I, uh, you know, so one day 103X just starts playing. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine by REM over and over and over again. And then shh, went off the air. A day later, hi, welcome to Swinging Oldies 103. All the leaves are brown, the leaves are brown, and the sky is gray. So, I mean, no, it wasn't even that cool. It wasn't even the mamas and the papas, dude, because I could have lived with that. It was just like doo-wop and crap from not even any good Elvis. I mean, like the 50s. It was an oldies. They turned it into a pre-programmed oldies station and just killed it. 13 months, no modern rock station in the upstate until 93.3 The Planet came along which is still around and is part of the 93.7 family. And I thought their format, and to be honest, it wasn't one of the 3X. It sort of sucked. A little too heavy for my taste. So, anyway. <laughs> that's just And that's idea. a brief history of radio in Greenville. So that's yeah, yeah. Greenville. <laughs> well, trails like 107.3 Jams. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, 107.3 yeah, yeah, yeah. Jams was, yeah, that was different. That was different. So, Craigers 93.5 in Columbia played the grunge rock. Yeah, they were a good station, too. I just lived in the upstate uh, at the time. Bink is like, I know a guy who used to brand hamsters and sell them at concerts. Hmm. If it were gerbils, I'd say you'd probably have a customer in Richard Gear. <laughs> brand hamsters and sell them. Hold on. <laughs> you, with an iron? I mean, like a, yeah, I was like, man, it's your branding brand? iron? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like maybe you spray paint your little, you, you tag them, right? And that, hey, man, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's a bean hamster, man. <laughs> no mess with yeah, that. Jan's already starting with the Richard Gear jokes. <laughs> Those are gerbils, Jan, gerbils. Uh, quad likes W-O-R-D. You think Tara is actually good, Josh? Oh, I, have, uh, I think she's uh, this side of the moon awful. I and I, it's not that I disagree. It's it's not that I disagree with a lot that she says. I just don't think she's very good, right? I'm not. That's not political. I just think she sucks at her job. Subpar replacement for uh, the old Russ Castle there. Love him, exactly. right? He was a great radio guy. <laughs> exactly. So I like WRD back in the day when it, WSPA when Bill Drake awake with Drake. Awake with Drake. <laughs> we, we we talk about certain certain stations being like just nothing but commercials, right? That's all it was. Was Bill Drake? He'd get on there, but hey, yeah, Bill Drake in the morning here, uh, over on Daniel Morgan Avenue. Want to go see Slotsky's Deli? It's open. You get you a good sandwich. It's got it's over and over and over again. <laughs> I was like, man, that's the my grandparents. That boy. Don't miss it. Don't miss a wake with Drake. You may miss something. You may miss something. <laughs> I got to shut up. All right. <laughs> we need to do the break. <laughs> yes, we do. This is inside the Gamecocks, the show. <laughs> Going down memory lane. That's right. Uh, with hamsters and gerbils and sears and, and uh, upstate radio. <laughs> a lot of topics. Uh, anyway, we'll get back on topic. Got to talk about this cornerback list and uh, sort of the, uh, uh, you know, what you guys think about the secondary next year. Uh, Going to also talk about running back recruiting a little bit, get dive into Daniel Hill a little bit more, um, and talk a little bit about the baseball portal. And uh, 
what exactly South Carolina has kind of been up against with some of these guys. I think you'd be surprised. We'll be back after these messages inside the Gamecocks of the show. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. This is Colmacina from the Yardcocks. Electric bikes at Charleston Powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show, the only place where you come for all your sports and hamster husbandry stories all in one place. <laughs> Debates about old radio, and uh, I don't know, there was something else on here, too. Somebody was the Hollywood I video. Killing it, man. Yeah, Hollywood video, blockbuster, man, they were taking us back here. Let's, let's not show our age here. I briefly worked at the Hollywood Video and Taylor's ish when I was in college. That last year, video store, yeah, it was it wasn't bad. My dad owned a video store in Greenville on Pelham Road back in the eighties, um, and so I was kind of used to it. But it, it wasn't bad. I, I ended up getting a job at the Anderson Independent Mail, which obviously helped facilitate my career. Uh, so I quit, but it, it wasn't bad. I did that and delivered pizzas for Dino's Pizza Plenty and Duncan. Uh, you know, that was funny. I was finishing up in Spartanburg, lived in Greenville, 
delivered pizzas in Duncan and then north of the newspaper in Anderson. So I was up and down 85 every day. Didn't do much drinking back then, Phil. No. Couldn't, no, couldn't driving manage. Too much. Yeah, that's right. Driving too driving much. much. Driving too much. So, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so that's that. Okay, so Matthew Fuller, he announces top of the uh, top of the hour. Top of the hour for you. Time of the hour, do you? Uh, mentioned what I liked about this kid. So, so let's let's talk about Daniel Hill. Um, I don't want to say there's a miscommunication. There kind of was in a way, uh, and that's why Hale uh, switches crystal ball. Uh, I'll say this: Hale's not necessarily going to end up being wrong for doing it. Uh, it, it it's just kind of you know you got to go with what people tell you. And the thought was the kid made a second. After after visiting Bama, made a second visit to Bama in however many days. But what he attended at Bama, and keep in mind, Meridian's an hour and a half. Meridian, Mississippi, I've said it before. When you're going down I-20 West, that's like it, it's I-20, I-59 west of Tuscaloosa. That's really the next city you get to. Uh, you kind of go through the West Alabama wilderness, and, and you get to Meridian. And then you can take 59 South to New Orleans through Hattiesburg, or you can keep going down 20 to uh, the great beyond in Shreveport and Texarkana and all that. Um, so it's right there. It, it makes sense for their team as a team to go to a team camp. Uh, and it was a team camp. Uh, his whole team went. So it wasn't like Daniel Hill's like, I can't get enough of Tuscaloosa. Let me go, babe. Uh, he's playing quarterback for his high school team this year, and he went and worked out as a quarterback or whatever. But he didn't explain that it was a team camp, right? He just said, I went and worked out back in Bama. Uh, so checking with people about him, they still feel pretty confident about him. Um, I still feel confident about him. I think if you'd ask Hale, he still feels confident about him. But, you know, some somebody told me real quick, like, look, you're always going to be worried if Alabama's involved especially with a kid that's from right there. Um, if he wants to play running back in college, I mean, obviously the depth chart favors South Carolina quite a bit. Uh, I think Bama got another five. They signed two of the best in the country last year. I think they got another five-star recently, Phil. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's – and not that – look, I'm not saying Daniel Hill – can't go beat some of these guys out. I mean, you just never know. Ratings aren't the end-all, be-all. And if you're a confident player, uh, you can go get things done. You always need depth. Um, was it? Did they get a, a running back? Or maybe not. They do one. not have a running back. No, there's not one in this right. class. Yeah. Not, not in this class. And what's interesting yeah, is they, they're not interested in him at running back. They only want him as a quarterback. Yeah. Which is weird. Did they? Did you read that? Quarterback or linebacker? Yeah. Oh, Daniel Hill. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel Hill. Yeah, Alabama. Alabama worked him out as a quarterback. As a quarterback. Yeah, but that was a team camp because he's playing. Well, hell, maybe they do want to. Oh, that's what you were saying. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, the team camp, and that's like his chances better if that's the only thing they're looking at him for. You know, I mean, because that's not what we need him for. (laughs) No, it's running back. Yeah, I. uh, Mm. Here's the thing. It's uh, um, what was I going to say? Backing up a minute. Um, Yeah, here's the thing. It's just like the the kid from Michael Smith School in Savannah 
committed to Tennessee. Uh, the quarterback, you know, Carolina's got their quarterback, Dante Reno. Well, this kid was on campus at South Carolina 7-on-7. He may be there today, uh, but was there this week, the four-star guy, you know, Yes, he's at South Carolina, but he's part. He's doing part, doing it with his team. That's that's a different intent than a kid by himself going. I'm gonna go camp because I want to spend more oh, time. Yeah. In, it's, there's individuals and team things. So I think that uh, you know, um, seventy six says Frank Sinatra should sing down with the sickness. But it's terrible. I, I don't do a good Frank. I can do Neil Diamond. Uh, so down with the sickness. Boo boo. I don't know. I don't know how, you mm-hmm. how about Barry White? Come here, baby. Get you down with the sickness. Oh, you yeah. Get down with the sickness. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, my buddy, I told he's having issues with his wife, or I guess I don't know if you should always get marriage advice from me. And you probably shouldn't get marriage advice from Nat because if you're a dude, she's just going to tell you to be sweet, and that doesn't always work. Um, <laughs> So anyway, my, my dude, I said, just play some Barry White and go to town, man. It worked. It I'm worked. a relationship guru. That's what I'm going to get into. Like, if the Gamecocks went away, I'm just going to become a relationship guru. Yeah. <laughs> Do it live on YouTube. Run you a chat box. You know, get that stuff sponsored. <laughs> yeah. So some of these people make good money doing that. It's like, uh, there's right. one guy named uh, Coach Corey Wayne. And Coach Corey Wayne's got some good advice, right? Uh, a polit- his political stuff, whatever, you know, because he is political, but he's got some good advice about dating in the modern world or whatever. And then you look on his website and I'm like, how is he making all this money doing this? And it's like, if you want to talk to me for 30 minutes, one-on-one, it's a thousand dollars. And people, people freaking uh, pay it, man. Somebody pays me a thousand dollars for relationship advice. I'm gonna have to come up with something better than play some Barry White and go to town. Well, Although, that's the beauty of it, you just give them the, the most simple thing, right? I mean, I don't know. think that's a bad idea. I no. really don't. I, I really, <laughs> honest to God, sometimes you got to do that. Um, but anyway, back to Daniel Hill. Um, I still think Carolina's in good shape. Tiffany asked earlier in the chat box if they miss Old Hill, where do they go then? I don't know. I don't know if they'd circle back to Anthony Carey. I think that ship has maybe sailed. Maybe they evaluate something. I think even if you get Hill and Fuller, unless Braswell like takes the dang um, unless Braswell Anderson, I think Joiner's out of time. I think Anderson may have another year. I got to check on that. Joiner's out of time. But unless Carolina's just really good this year at running back. And then you're like, ah, you don't need to go get a portal guy. I think you're going to have to get a portal guy. I, I do. Uh, in addition to these these two freshmen, provided that's who they get. So I don't know exactly where they'd go. Uh, I do know that it should not be that difficult to find running backs. You know, um, the nature of the position at both levels of football there is it's more about numbers than individuals. Um, and you got to block no matter what. So... It's uh, it's just one of those things. Uh, but I do feel good about that. Jonathan Paler coming into town. Uh, the missile. Uh, like Daniel Hill, he's continued to maintain the game concert as leader unless unless there's just some strange games being played out there. Um, straight up no games. Uh, I really think that um, 
that, uh, that, you know, it's safe to say that the, the visit could put them over the top. Straight up no games that made me chuckle one time. I, as a single man, I was in Columbia, and I was on this web, dating app. You should, I shouldn't be on it. shouldn't have been on it. Plenty of fish, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> scrolling through, it's like straight up no games. And this lady's like a, you know, about a, about a you know, 300-pound, 50-pound ginger in a wheelchair. Um, or a scooter, sorry, motorized scooter. A number of children, six. Oh, Straight up no games. I'm tired of the games. No games. I, I'm not playing any games. Well, but that uh, that's a bold stance. It's like she rolled the dice at least six times. Well, you, must, <laughs> you must be what I'm looking for, Darlene. Yeah. You're a rare bird. That's from Rodney Carrington, by the way, Darlene and the Rare Bird thing. I can't take credit for that. So plenty of fish, straight up, no games. Uh, that should be the recruiting motto. But, you know, so unless they're Dontavious Braswelling another school, right? You know what I'm saying? Like if Daniel Hill is Dontavious Braswelling Alabama or Jonathan Paler is Dontavious Braswelling North Carolina, uh, you have to feel good uh, about that. So uh, Ed says plenty of fish. Sounds like a seafood buffet in Myrtle Beach. Uh, I'll have plenty of shrimp. Calabash style. <laughs> they, they, see me co- they see me coming. They're like, Hot. take the take the shrimp off the buffet. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Out of stock. Tell them out we're of out stock. of tartar sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them we ran out of cocktail sauce. A fish called Wanda. That's a great movie. Love that um, movie. Watched it recently. Yeah. Hello. So Hello. Uh, anyway, look. So that that's the deal there. I, I still feel good about the guys that have said they're a leader and. Uh, Dylan Stewart coming in this weekend, obviously, as the other defensive ends on the board have sort of committed elsewhere. Um, Quintavious Johnson was tough. I mean, he's a guy that you can see if he came to South Carolina, he's one of those kids like Kings, JJ and Igbari, you get out of Georgia. Carolina actually beat Georgia on JJ. Uh, That just Georgia, man, Georgia could take him or leave him, and then he comes and he's a star. And daggum Georgia gobbles him up. So that was tough. Um, The Jordan Thomas thing has to sting because the Gamecocks, uh, you know, have those, had those connections to Columbia. But I mean, look, it's Georgia. Um, You got to. Well, I take heart in the fact, JC, that we're in it on these guys, right? I mean, like, it's these are coming down to the wire. These are guys that you wouldn't be able to get if your program weren't in the upward trajectory, you know, kind of phase right now. So you can take some heart in it. And and you're going to land some, too. I mean, just, I mean, look at the class. I mean, you've got more four-star kids than you do, you know, anything else combined. Uh, yeah. to start 2024. So it was like, you're, you're in it. And, and I think, you know, it's, you got to temper your expectations a bit because now you're in it for the top players in the country that, you know, basically have their pick where they want to go. Yeah. And then man, look, uh, you know, you, you, you look at the three-star guys they have uh, in the class, you know, it's not like, Fred Johnson, you, you kind of know it. Fred Johnson is not really a risk. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not saying I, I'm never going to get to the point in my career where I'm telling you that three stars are a risk. 
Uh, I just know the narrative out there is they're not as good, which is crazy because a high three star, if you're like right on the border of four stars and you're three, and then somebody else is right on the other side of that, there's no difference. And in many cases, the three star guy's better. That means that one recruiting analyst somewhere found some persnickety flaw that he's probably wrong about uh, that, that the guy dropped or he doesn't quite have a as good of an offer list. I mean, it's it's so minute. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, here are the three-star guys. Okay, Blake Franks and Fred Johnson. Anybody here think Blake Franks isn't going to be a pretty good interior offensive lineman? <laughs> not I, said the JC. Anybody here, seen him. <laughs> anybody here not want to sign a 6'3", 225-pound linebacker from 757 that runs 4'4"? Not me, you know? And the rest are all highly regarded guys. I mean, there's some guys that are highly rated that I'm not going to talk about and tell you that I would drop them, but I'd probably drop them a little bit. I mean, I think there are better three-star candidates in the Gamecocks um, commit list than, than what you've got. Now, the punter is a three-star guy. But honestly, if you can get more than two stars on a specialist, that's usually pretty good. Uh, and keep in mind, the team rankings on 24-7 are based on a bell curve. So your lower rated guy counts the least. So just to kind of make that clear. Um, so hopefully the game guys get some good guys. Uh, uh, Craig asked about heaven. Brown Schuler committed to Clemson uh, and Sonder just realized Sammy Brown committed to Clemson. Yeah. Clemson uh, pretty good class. They, rumors of their death have been greatly exaggerated, but <laughs> with Brown Schuler that they kind of, Came from Brown Schuler's been on the radar since he was a ninth grader, and they kind of came in a little late and turned him, and that's just where he wanted to go. Clemson's going to appeal to certain kids. Period. That's just how it is. And then Sammy Brown's in Jefferson, Georgia, and I, I think that because Jefferson's essentially Athens, that's that area. Uh, I think getting away from home was important, but not too far. So it's an hour up the road, up eighty-five. Uh, and keep in mind when Clemson started recruiting. Heaven Brown Schuler and, and Sammy Brown, they're in the playoff every year. So it's they they develop that kind of relationship and that kind of comfort level with them. So hats off. And uh, you know, if I'm Carolina, I'm not really worried about who Clemson goes and gets, except, you know, in state guys. Yeah, that's what um, I was about to say is, you know, there's not an SC after any of these kids' names on Clemson's list. So that speaks not a lot. at all. <laughs> Not at all. And and they're both really, really good players. Gamecock fan asked if uh, Gigi Jackson will go to the G League first. I guess it's possible. Uh, Look, yeah, it's Georgia. It doesn't make it any better, maybe worse. <laughs> but they're, they've recruited well their entire existence, Bill. Yeah. And now, admittedly, this group Kirby's had the last few years is really, really good. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. They've taken it up a notch. Uh, and I think a lot of it, too, is is they sort of – and this is something I was wrong about because I've always, like, been real skeptical when Georgia starts venturing outside of their state too much because you have so many good players there. Um, and I started to think, and I was like, well, wait a minute. Does this make any sense at all? Uh, and I think I was wrong about that. And I'll admit it. I was I was wrong. My brain did not work in that situation properly because I did not ponder all the what ifs. If you're Georgia, you have a loaded state to recruit, right? And it and it's not like Louisiana, 
where LSU has a state to themselves and they can kind of cherry pick and go whatever. It's much more like Ohio. If you look at what Ohio State does, Ohio State, 10, 11 guys from Ohio, they still take the best ones, but it's not all Ohio kids. And they probably have like the third best roster in the country. Uh, same with Southern Cal, same with Alabama, you know, uh, although those states are different. So, so you're sitting there basically in a state a lot like Ohio, but bigger as far as players go. It, you, you start taking 22, 23 guys that, that are in state and nobody's going to bat. I mean, you know, we can rank the top 25 in Georgia. The Georgia staff can. The Georgia Tech staff can. Auburn, Alabama can. Nobody's going to bat 1,000, and you're going to have some misses. And then there's going to be guys ranked under them that go elsewhere that are going to be good. And people are like, why the hell did you take this kid instead of that kid? Because it's splitting hairs, and a lot of it is determined once they get on campus. And so – and then it, once you get past like the top nine or 10 in that state, there's a big old swath of really, 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 really talented guys. And they're all kind of the same. <laughs> so why not, if you can go to California and get Brock Bowers or go to Arizona and get Kylie Ringo and they're good and they're kind of along the same lines as the top guys in your state, you know, why not just go get them? And then that way, you're not sitting there with this immense pressure with we have to pick the top 25 guys in the state every year, or we're not going to have a championship level roster. It's a little easier, you know, cause you're only taking 10 or 11 and then let everybody else, you know, sort it out. And you're admitting, Hey, there's going to be great players that leave this state. It's too big of a state, but we got ours. Um, and, and I almost think that Mark Rick ran into trouble with that because they would take a hunk of guys from Georgia every year. They didn't always take the right ones. They took the right ones according to the rankings, but the rankings aren't always accurate. Uh, and, and so that's kind of the deal there um, as far as uh, what George is doing right now. And, and probably I think a good reason why they've taken it up a notch. They, they evaluate well. They take the kids that fit in their program. They develop the crap out of them. Uh, and they're not as Georgia heavy as they once were, which uh, ends up being kind of good if you're South Carolina trying to build because, you know, they're not taking the Wendell Gregory's and the Michael Smith's of the world. Uh, you're getting those guys. So, you know, good for Carolina, um, you know, and I don't uh, – we'll, we'll see what Georgia does this year. I'm pretty sure they'll win the East to be in the playoff hunt again because uh, their schedule's just kind of, you know, light. <laughs> but, I mean, are they going – are they going to continue to have the type of defense they've had where teams rarely score on them? I mean, that's a lot of talent they've put in the NFL the last couple of years. Um I, I think Kirby's got something very sustainable there to probably keep it at a high level. Or, or, but, you know, even Alabama had has years from time to time after their breakthrough in, in 09 when they won it all, that next year they were, what, 10-3 and three and lost the Gamecocks, LSU, and Auburn. You know, it's, it's, it's a tough, tough sport to keep things going. Of course, I think Georgia's the first school to go back-to-back, Phil, uh, since Bama since in 2011-2012. Yeah. Other than yeah. Bama, I think Ohio State back in the fifties maybe was was it? I mean, when you're talking about uh, like real, like not split national titles, I know Miami like had a couple of split titles or whatever back to back. Southern Cal did too in oh four oh oh three oh four. But anyway, um, yeah, so that's the deal there. All right, we got to take our final break here on inside the game. Cuts the show. 
Um, Tiffany had a question in the iHelp Consulting mailbag we're going to get to uh, when we get back uh, right here on the show on a Friday. Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 222. Two nine L O N M L S one seven seven two one eight two. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as one hundred sixty dollars per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average, and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida. And you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. A deep drive to left. Morgan looks up and it is gone. Two is sent to center, and this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from passes and gone. Two up. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up, and it's gone. Right, welcome back, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. JB still out on the links. Haven't heard anything. We are here to take you home for the week. Last ten minutes. It's been fun. This has been a fun show. <laughs> well, hold on, let me Many unmute people. you there, JC. There you go. <laughs> According to the New York Post, the uh, submarine of stupidity people had the. Sign an ironclad death waiver before they got into the, the ironclad death. Three pages worth. Apparently, uh, that waiver was more solid than the sub. Eye popping wording such as the craft has not been approved or certified by any regulatory body, <laughs> just in the guy's dreams. I swear to God, it's like, uh, you know, uh, man. Uh, full responsibility, bodily injury, disability, death, property damage uh, uh, due to the negligence of OceanGate while involved in the operation. So the signer assumes full responsibility if OceanGate is negligent. Wow. The company's registered in the Bahamas. It's not even an American. Yeah. I guess they're not subject to regulations. That's sad, man. I feel bad for these people's families. Yeah. However, we often see like maritime industries registered in different countries. So that's not necessarily a red flag. The red flag is you roll up on this thing and it looks like he put it together with, you know, 
Legos and a glue gun. <laughs> Joey Sox says he loves when JC tells personal stories. He's on his route, and people just kind of give him a weird look. Mm-hmm. Add the plenty of fish story to that list. Yeah, straight up, no games. Straight up, no games. Good luck. Mm-hmm. I have other dating stories that are kind of funny, but uh, Bruin asked anything on King Joseph Edwards. Man, he hadn't visited this. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he likes the King is one of those guys likes everybody. You know, typically those things don't go Carolina's way. Um, Steve Ray says James Cameron said he do on Monday. James Cameron is the guy that you should listen to. Sounds weird. Been to Titanic thirty three times. Uh, so anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this question for Tiffany before I get off track. I help consulting mailbag. I help consulting. How can I help you? Uh, we're also built by the Barndo Company. Barndo Miniums is awesome. Signorama Studios. A couple of painters. Tristan uh, mailed him out some t-shirts. Uh, probably go out tomorrow. Uh, certainly appreciate all the Tristan support. So you guys know all of our uh, all our sponsors. But also Nana's Porches and Taylors. Oh, oh, what? Where's it at? Two to six today, Phil. Oh, oh Darby's. Uh, oh, Darby's. Which I, if I remember correctly, is a uh, is a big liquor store up off of uh, twenty nine. <laughs> so hey, perfect grab spot. You, grab your, <laughs> your handle of Jim Beam and uh, a, a bucket of pimento cheese. Right over the bucket. Uh, Timothy says, "JC, with football around the corner, do you know if the marketing department at Carolina?" Has any plans to create promotional videos encouraging fans to participate in collectives they can run during the games on the video board? That's a, that's a sticky subject for me right now. I'm, I think they will have one collective at least up there, and I think that the collective will probably pay for that advertising. Um, I try to keep stuff like that sort of at a I don't, you know, uh, the money for, for us goes to the players, you know, and all that. But, but I certainly understand it. I, I, that's speculation on my part, though. I mean, they really did. They helped with video and stuff. They, there's so many different rules and stuff with this now, though. Nobody really knows what's right and wrong. And, and the schools that have really been able to embrace it, they, they in South Carolina, what they did was just they just took the state law off the books. So there's no law governing it. Uh, in other states, they've passed specific laws saying, you know, despite what the NCAA says, <laughs> uh, our state law says you can do this. So um, is it against the NCAA rules to have coaches plug the NIL collectives in promotional videos for fans? No, we uh, we had Kingston do it. We had Taylor Edwards do it. Beamer has done it for the other guys. I mean, uh, he, she's like, I believe strongly more education is needed for our fan base. Um, do you know if the Gamecocks at Mid will allow for Carolina Rise Garnet Trust to have game day tents set up at Gamecock Park to hand out information, encourage donations to the collective? I think, you know, having done stuff like that before, I think we'd be better off if we gave out T-shirts, you know, yeah. uh, or Frisbees or something. Give them something. It's, it's like when you used to give, like, you give a free T-shirt if you fill out a credit card application or something. Um, <laughs> Carolina Rise is the Everyman Collective and the 1801 is a stroke of genius. I just wonder if more can be done to support and educate around the collectives. You don't have to take this on air. Well, you should probably, Tiff, put that at the top. (laughs) 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 Just got to the end of it. It's like a breakup letter. It's just like, remember that time and, and then we went to uh, Cozumel and then we went to Santorini in Greece and 
oh man, you remember like we were walking on the beach and holding hands and, and, you know, we ate all that garlic crab that, oh, that was so delicious. And, you know, and then we ran it, we ran into, uh, Chris Hemsworth and and his and, and he actually had a beer with us and talked. Remember that time we were in you know, skiing in the Alps and all this other stuff. And then, oh, by the way, uh, I'm breaking up with you. Yeah, but this is it. That, that's, <laughs> that's right. I mean, uh, you know, and, and, but you're right, Tiffany. We need all the help we can get with yeah. Carolina Rise. Oh my God, Ace Chan is back. I know Ace still needs help, y'all. I'm I'm a little disappointed that nobody has, you know click through and, and given this man several thousand yuan. <laughs> Ace Chan. Help, Ace out. Help, help Ace out, man. Look at it. Look at, look at Ace. He's been persecuted in China for 16 years, which I, you know, brain control. <laughs> brain control. Hey, you lived through uh COVID there, Ace. Ace, I got a company you can go work for. I <laughs> call they 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 built they have these submarines that take you down to the Titanic. What do you know about engineering? What do you know about engineering? That's probably what right. happened there. We just hired a brilliant young engineer named Ace Chan. He was persecuted by the Chinese. He's going to be responsible for screwing the bolts in. Jesus. Not tall, not tall enough to get to the get to the top, and somebody did, forgot to go by uh, like uh, Walmart and get the plastic stool that he could get up on. So he just leaves the bolt off. The okay. driver for this thing. Well, yeah. we got twenty of them. That's just this. What's what's twenty one? What's one more? <laughs> Ace Chan, baby. Ace Chan. Quantrill Yeah, and I think y'all's help too. But y'all are a very loyal audience. The vast majority of you guys are members of Carolina Rise, or, or at least by t-shirts and stuff. I mean, I, oh, by the way, speaking of t-shirts, I am out. Uh, I just got another email. <laughs> That's the last one I'm taking because yeah. I didn't know how many people were meeting with people were getting it for their kids. I think it's a great idea. Because mm-hmm. I'll get, I, I will. Everybody that's requested, and it is right now, it's a it's twelve fifty nine p.m. Eastern on Friday, June twenty third. Everybody's emailed me before now. I'll get you one. I'm going to order one, take the money out of my pocket, send it to you because I think it's really nice. You would dress your kids up in Carolina rise gear. It makes me happy. Um, but there was an overwhelming response, so we're out uh, of the free t-shirts. We're going to have some ten dollar t-shirts coming soon. Um, I need all y'all's help to continue to spread the word on that. We've got some things coming up that I'll discuss when we can. That we're really, really, really going to need more people to join the Faith the One Club and all that. But look, we got a long way to go. Like I said, we're like one sixth of the size of the paid membership of thebigspur.com. If we could just double that and get thirty three percent of the Big Spur, cooking with fire, man. So uh, it doesn't take that much. Sting says he's giving give him a few thousand won. That's what two cents. Yeah, that's how much that submarine costs to build. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they splurged though on those damn one hundred million. <laughs> the control probably bought like the the. Nat tells me about the Thai currency. The bot, it's fifty thousand bots, two dollars. <laughs> this submarine cost two hundred million baht. Two hundred million bucks. I means you went to a freaking Home Depot and Lowe's and 
$373 worth of supplies. Yeah, I wouldn't ride to the bottom of my bathtub and something like that. <laughs> like, like I said, it's a modern miracle the daggum thing uh, made it to the made it down there twice. I know. <laughs> Strike three, the third time's not a charm. But you said something I'd never considered there. It was like, how many times do you think you can put that pressure on that can before it just gives? I'm like, damn, that's a yeah. valid point. Yeah. Now, I'm obviously not a scientist. I read, I actually read that on like CNN or someone, one of these experts. It's it, like, I don't believe a lot, of, a lot of experts these days push their own narratives, but in this particular situation, every expert out there is like, ah, no, nah, they shouldn't have. Nah, that was a bad mm-hmm. idea. Carbon fiber. I mean, that's what I'm like. I guess, you know, these, the ones that are successfully done it for, you know, decades are big steel hold jobs. With, yes. You know, yeah. 10 feet of steel. Uh, yeah. Carbon fiber. Yeah. Live every day like yeah. it's going to be your last. Sonder, yes. Carolina Rise does have Venmo at Carolina Rise. The QR code is on our uh, Instagram account at Carolina Rise NIL. So rock and roll with that. And we love everybody that contributes and everybody that listens to this show. We wish Jamie Bradford the best out on the golf course today. Uh, and uh, we'll be back Monday, hopefully, to talk about some recruiting happenings uh, and all that. Y'all, y'all stay safe. Don't go on any diving expeditions with crazy glue sniffers. Don't go move to Alaska and live amongst the grizzlies. Stay safe, have a few beers, go play some golf, enjoy South Carolina this weekend or wherever you're at in the world. Shout out to Mark in Vegas. This has been the show, and we'll holla at you soon.